Hello, hello, and welcome back to Seek the Joy podcast. Happy Seek the Joy Tuesday. Guys, this week's episode is a fun one, and it's also an interview swap. On the podcast this week is Norma Jean Belenke, and I had the best time chatting with her for both Seek the Joy podcast and her podcast, Stay Wild. Norma Jean is really multi-talented and such a kind, compassionate, and inspiring person. She's a musician, artist, and entrepreneur, and one of her biggest passions is guiding others to creative empowerment. But in order to do that, she really had to empower herself first, and I so enjoyed hearing and learning and now being able to share uh, that journey with you on today's episode. Norma Jean has recorded two albums of her songs and drawn over 1,000, yes, 1,000 daily doodle cartoons, and they're really instantly recognizable on Instagram. The cheeky chicken is so cute, and her captions are always insightful, creative, and from the heart. Originally from Southern California, and not too far from me actually, she now resides in Bali. I mean, how cool is that? When Norma Jean approached me about being on each other's podcast, it felt like a no-brainer. And it's funny, I don't get that nervous anymore when I'm interviewing somebody um, for Seek the Joy podcast, but when the tables were turned or flipped or whatever you want to call it, and I was the one being interviewed, I got really nervous. And I felt myself talking super fast at different times and it was like, hello, Sydney, take a breath. It's okay. Slow down. And I literally had to tell myself um, that multiple times during our conversation. And we also recorded both podcasts back to back. So we were talking for like three hours and I'm pretty convinced we could have kept talking for another three. So thank you, Norma Jean, for giving me the space to share my story and really what inspired and why I started Seek the Joy podcast to begin with. So when you're done listening to today's episode of Seek the Joy podcast, make sure to head over to Stay Wild to hear my interview with Norma Jean. So on today's episode, we chat all about Norma Jean's creativity, self-love, and joy journey, what it's been like choosing a life of creative expression and following her passions. We also talk about embracing our creative empowerment and having a daily creative practice. We also talk about overcoming self-doubt and fear and choosing your own adventure. I loved all of the stories that Norma Jean shares on today's episode, and I know you guys are just going to love it. As always, to learn more about today's episode, head over to the show notes section of our website, seekthejoypodcast.com slash show dash notes, and everything is right there. Also, thank you to everyone who has rated and reviewed Seek the Joy podcast on Apple iTunes. Ratings and reviews really help us get seen by new people. And also, on a personal note, I really enjoy reading um, what you think about Seek the Joy podcast and how it's really impacted your life or influenced you in some way. So if you feel so inspired to leave us a rating and review, make sure you take a screenshot of your review and send it to Sydney.com 
at seekthejoypodcast.com. And as a way to say thank you, I will send you my brand new guide for infusing more joy into your life, as well as a couple of limited edition Seek the Joy podcast stickers. All right, guys, that's it. Thank you as always for being here and for listening. You know, oftentimes like late at night when I am having a hard time falling asleep or actually more often it's when I wake up randomly at 3.30 in the morning, um, I'm questioning like, why am I doing this podcast? And am I doing the right thing by putting so much of my heart and my soul into this? And then I start to think about all of the emails and messages and your reviews and your kind words about the podcast and um, what it's meant to you. And I can't tell you how much all of that really means to me. You keep me inspired and motivated and you remind me every day why I am doing this. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We are officially at six months. This is the 24th episode. Unbelievable. Well, I'm looking forward to 24 more. There's so much good stuff coming. I can't wait for you guys to see it and be part of it. So there's a lot more um, to come. So, okay, guys, without further ado, here is my conversation with Norma Jean. I am so excited to be here. I am a fellow seeker of the joy. Oh, my life. Oh my goodness. I sing and I write songs. Um, I play music festivals sometimes. I draw an original Daily Doodle cartoon on my Instagram. Um, I'm not going to lie. It was every single day, rain or shine for a thousand days. And then after I hit a thousand days, it's been like every other day, Um, which was back in October. And I have a podcast called Stay Wild Podcast. I run creative empowerment workshops and a retreat in Bali with a friend of mine who is human sunshine called Camp Clarity. So I think that is me. I'm a creative little human and I mostly spend my time in Bali. I just love, you are really, you do so many different things and I'm so inspired by your creative journey. So how did you, how did you end up in Bali? Oh my goodness. Okay. So I, woo, I grew up in Los Angeles and I worked in entertainment for a very short period of time. And somewhere in there, I worked, um, in international film distribution and finance just for like, as an intern. And I met a bunch of people that like went to film markets and lived abroad. And I had studied international business in university, but I never got to go abroad. So I I was like, okay, well, I really want to live abroad. And so, you know, I was like 23 and I didn't know it was up at all. I was just like, okay, world. And this guy that I went to university with, who I didn't really know very well, um, but we were Facebook friends, he was in South Korea and he had a blog and I read his blog and I was like, well, I could do it. So I went, (laughs) I got a job on the internet and I went to South Korea where I taught English for two years. It was really amazing. And I think it was one of those things where you know, when you're kind of in your early twenties and you like face plant in your life, you like mm-hmm. life face plant, mm-hmm. life plant. I don't know. And, or um, a life plant. Totally. Oh my God. Where you're just like, well, <laughs> life, what adulting? No. Oh my God. Oh, I hate that word it's because like, it literally defines my life oh, right now. Adulting the struggle oh, to adult. Oh, 100%. you know, and you're, you're, you're not quite cookies yet. You know, you got all mm-hmm. the right ingredients, but like, you're not quite cookies yet. So I 
was in South Korea for two years and I lived in a, a town of maybe like 30,000 people, but there were like mm, 10 native English speakers. So really I kind of got to have a lot of time on my own and I got to figure out apart from, you know, everything else in your life that you've had your whole life there, right? Like people or places or routine or whatever it was, you know, if you, you keep running into the same things, you're like, Oh wait, it's me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, like it's my fears or it's, or it's, um, my judgments or it's my blocks, whatever it is. And, um, I realized I hadn't really let myself be creative. And I always, you know, as a kid, I was always like the girl who could sing. And I had never experienced a winter before, Honesty. I was living, I grew up in a suburb of Los Angeles. I went to university in San Francisco and I moved back to Southern California after university. So I had never lived anywhere with snow. Snow was something that you visited like Disneyland. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. No, it's not something we have here. No. 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 I mean, it's, it's an attraction. Not gonna lie. So <laughs> I went, I was in South Korea and it was like really cold. Like I think the climate is similar to New York and I was just, I, I was like cold and winter depressed and just like, mm. and I started writing these songs and I, you know, I, I kind of found myself in, in that, you know, very foreign place. Um, and I became happy, you know, and I had a, a bit of a routine and I made some friends and I, you know, I literally moved somewhere where I knew nothing and no one, I didn't even know how to say hello in Korean, which is now I know it obviously can read (laughs) me in a bit. Um, but like, I didn't know anything. And I think I was able to, you know, without a lot of the things that I had had for the previous 23 years of my whole life, I was able to really find and, and get in touch with who I am a little bit more and what I want and, and love myself or learn to even know myself. So some songs just started like flowing out of me and I just started writing these songs like nonstop. And then, you know, when you like make some art or like you do a creative project and you go up to your friends and you're like, I made this. And you know, it's kind of like a kindergartner going up to your parents being like, I made this. And you're like, is this real art? Or is this like, I ate all the paste, (laughs) Um, which I like to call paste eater art. Oh my God. Um, And now as a creative empowerment, human empowering other people to be creative, there is no such thing as paste eater art, but we'll talk about that later. Um, so I really, I had a friend who, whose sister makes music and I was like, is this paste eater art? And she's like, no, no, it's great. So I was, I had a dream about going to Bali in 2011 I had, my grandmother died and I had a dream that I went to Bali for the funeral and I was like, well, that's weird. So I went to the United States obviously for Mm -hmm. that. And then the next year I went to Bali and I ended up making some friends who were very supportive of my art. And they had met uh, another uh, musician who's pretty well known had come through and made an album in Bali. And they said, well, you know, this guy did it like you could do it. And I was like, great. I'll just come back. And I'll, at the time I had planned to go to law school. I was like, Mm. I didn't want to be in Korea too long. You know, my plan was really like, I'm going to re-enter the United States in law school. Like that's just going to be the easiest way to do it. And I wanted to go to law school. My dad's a lawyer. I have a few lawyers in my family. And, um, I always liked that kind of, um, like arguing, debating. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. You're a lawyer. So I took the LSATs in Seoul. I I, like my last year of Korea was basically like me studying and then writing these weird songs and which aren't weird. They're great. Um, and then I, I thought, Oh, I'll just go to Bali and I like make this album. I met these friends on a holiday, like two months before, like it's hard. Okay. Hmm. So then I, I went to Bali and it is hard (laughs) making an album of songs that you, um, 
Right. It was kind of an endeavor. So that was interesting. I did that, came out. Um, and it, when it was in post-production, I ended up launching a magazine with some really great people um, and then ended up helping run the marketing operations for another magazine, um, then playing my music mostly full-time. Um, then I went to Australia for a year. It was cold again, and <laughs> that's where the cartoons came from. It's very interesting. I guess maybe maybe all my ideas come from cold weather. Who knows it? That's so um, interesting, by the way. Yeah. yeah. It just you know, when you like hold yourself up and you're like, it's cold outside and I'm in a new place. Um, and I've lived in probably five countries. As oh my a, gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's kind of one of those things where I am really lucky. I have friends all over the world, but it's also one of those things where like, they're never going to all be in the same place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and everyone asked me, you know, about living in Bali and how great it is. And it's, it's amazing and it's wonderful, but there's things everywhere that are amazing and wonderful. And my life is more about who I'm with. So mm-hmm. Bali is incredible. I mean, like, yes, yes, yes. All the yes on that, but also, you know, my family's in the States and um, so I'm, I'm back here once a year and all that. So yeah. So I lived in Bali for about mm, two years. Then I went to Australia for a year when the cold set in. I was dating someone and it didn't work out, which is totally normal when you're, you know, a human. Yeah. And, um, I just started drawing these little illustrations and sending them to my friends when they were feeling vulnerable or human somewhere on the spectrum of human. And, uh, and then I moved to New Zealand in 2015. No, sorry. End of 2014. I moved to New Zealand and I decided very ambitiously, I was like, I'll just do one every day and I'll get an Instagram because everyone was on Instagram at me mm-hmm. at that Yeah, I did. I posted one every day for a year. And in the span of the year I was in New Zealand, I love New Zealand. It was great. Um, but I felt like I had more to do in Bali. So at the end of 2015, I think November, I moved back. I got stuck in Australia for a couple of weeks because um, my flight had a layover there and then a volcano erupted in Lombok. And that was kind of weird. But, oh, like literally, <laughs> literally. Well, my cartoons from that period are a little bit weird. Um, <laughs> I, I can imagine. I mean, it must have been a really odd experience to kind of be in that limbo. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, you know, they put me up in a three-star and then they're like, we want to send you back to New Zealand. And I was like, no, I actually have longer on my Australian visa and I used to live in Melbourne. So just fly me there. So I hung out with my friends in Melbourne for a week, which was great. Um, then I moved back to Bali end of 2015. Um, and I've been pretty much based there ever since. And I recorded my second album when I went back and I launched Stay Wild podcast in August of last year. Oh my, I have so many questions Ask and them. so many Ask things are coming said. to mind. Okay. So but can we start off with the cartoons maybe? Yeah. I love your cartoons and I swear I had seen them before you and I had even been connected, but I, I don't know where, but it was one of those I things hope, where I hope you saw right? everyone. It was, it was one of those things where I was like, this looks so like scarishly like familiar and I couldn't pinpoint it, but I love what you said about how your cartoons really came from being in cold weather. And for me, that sounds a lot like those moments where you're being introspective and you're spending time with yourself. Is that really where the cartoons came from, from that space kind of within yourself or where did they come from? So the cartoons were pretty much things that I wished other people had said to me, like, it's going to be okay or take deep breaths, or F the haters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Literally, you know, when you're feeling like the world is a very big place and you're tired, uh, they were things that I wished someone um, who loved me would just pet my hair and 
you know, very softly say to me, but I was in Australia and I didn't know that person. I I think that person was me for myself. So I, I, sometimes that person is us for ourselves. And so they just started coming out. And so now I have, I think yesterday, I mean, we're recording this in Feb. Yesterday was day 1072. Yeah. It's, it's been a journey and they've changed a little bit, you know, like at first I had to get with technology, not going to lie. I'm really, I'm, I'm really not I, I'm a late adopter. <laughs> I'm a late, <laughs> a adopter. late bloomer I'm in that sense. I'm, I'm admitting it. I'm a late adopter. So, you know, at first they were all hand-drawn and because I, you know, I, I live in Bali and I travel quite a bit. Um, and the first year I was back, I pretty much just house sat for people. So I didn't really like have my own place. Um, mm-hmm. So I was traveling with like 30 notebooks. So that got to be a lot, um, oh you know, God. just of my hand-drawn cartoons. And then for my 30th birthday, a bunch of my friends got together and got me an iPad Pro so then things kind of went from there. And in between there, I they used to have black edges, and then I changed it to all white and kind of edited them a bit differently. Um, but they're basically just like line drawings. You know, whenever I tell people I have a daily a daily doodle Instagram and I draw a cartoon on the daily, um, they're always like, oh, I wish I could draw. I'm like, me too. Because <laughs> <You know? laughs> they're line drawings. But, you know, I think it's, it's more about the message, and they're always with little birds. They're always with cheeky chickens. Um, and you know, I think there are things that I tell to myself that I tell to other people and I don't know what's going to come out. You know, I sit down, sometimes someone will say something to me and like the phrase will really, um, stand out like ring, ring in my little bit. And then I'll be like, Oh, you know, that's, that's a cartoon. Or sometimes, um, I'll just sit down and I'll be like, okay, like, (laughs) you know, before I, before I hit the thousand and I let myself go, I'd be like literally every day for like a while. I was like, oh my God, is this the day? (laughs) Is this the day out of like 700, 800, 600, 200, 900 that I don't post one in a row? You know, is this the day I forget or don't, or don't have an idea, but you know, once you pass that threshold, um, and it's something will come every day and some are profound and some are boring, Um, but you know, I think for me, it's become, for me, it has taught me about having a daily creative practice Mm -hmm. and that has been really, um, empowering for myself. And now I help other people do that. And I talk about, um, creativity with other people and the difference between, um, showing up every day or getting into alignment first. You know, a lot of people are waiting for divine inspiration, but you know, for, for myself, yeah, like I want the lightning bolt of of ideas and inspiration and I use and, and I use that and I wait for it. But also it's about showing up every day and what creative conditions I need to get there for my cartoons, for my podcast, for my music, which is has become something that I, I really value. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about maybe what those creative conditions are, or do you sit down? Do you have a ritual? What does that kind of daily creative practice look like for you? Ooh, what are my creative conditions? Well, I think the majority of them for me personally are like getting out of my own way. So I need to move my body. However, that feels that day. So usually it's, I like to wake up and go for walks in Bali on the Champuan Ridge. Um, in Ubud, which is like really beautiful. There's always drones up there. So if you Instagram it, you'll find a beautiful drone picture (laughs) (laughs) when you're walking. The drones are great, but general they're great. Um, or dancing or yoga or definitely moving my body. Um, I think staying organized is really important. I am 
very committed to my passion planner. Like I just, my whole life's in that thing. You know, I, I do a lot of different things. I have a clothing line of my cartoons, um, you know, with podcasts and interviews and my music and scheduling and workshops and retreats and travel. It's, it's really important for me to make sure that I have time every day to be creative. Um, and then there's other things, right? I like to make sure I have had a lot of water. Sometimes a specific kind of tea helps. It's called Bengal spice. It's just like warm and yummy. Hmm. What else really helps for me? Um, quiet. I'm not a person who can work with music. Mm -hmm. Um, I wish I were, but I've always been that person. No. What else works for me? You know, not having distractions. Uh, as much as I would like to not be that person, I'm so easily distracted, um, by, you know, my phone going off or Facebook or, um, you know, a million other things. So I think it's about the discipline for me. It's about being in alignment, um, and giving myself the time to really get there. Sometimes if I'm in a climate where it's cold, I really like to make sure my feet are warm. I think that helps. Um, or if I'm in Bali, I like to make sure I kind of walk on the grass a little bit first to ground in, um, meditation for me also helps a lot. Um, I do some Kundalini meditation, chanting mantra, yeah. mindfulness meditation, gratitude. Yeah. A friend of mine has a really great like daily gratitude podcast called Agape every day. My friend, Nicole, who I'm doing the retreat with. So shout out Nicole. Mm. Uh, but that is really helpful. And I think even just five minutes of just like no phone, no computer, shutting off, being like, okay, this is instead of letting anything come in, I'm just going to feel in yeah. what's happening there. So, and that's where the art comes from. That's where the expression comes from. Okay. First of all, I love that because I feel like what you just talked about in terms of those creative conditions for yourself, it sounds like you have go-tos, but at the same time you feel it out depending on the day. I think you need that flexibility and, and to kind of let go of that rigidity or feeling like you need that structure, especially when you know, you are so creative and so much of your life is about that creative, creative expression. And you talked a little bit earlier too about creative empowerment. And before we dive in super deep into this concept of creative empowerment, I want to know too, because you are a musician, you mm. do have this beautiful beautiful voice, which, um, I did a little stalking the other day. Um, oh my gosh, I needed to hear, I needed to hear, like, I wanted to hear it all. I wanted to really fully immerse myself into who you are and, and what you're passionate about. And was it always easy for you to get up there and sing and show and share your voice, um, in the way that you have, or, yeah, I guess I'm really wondering, you know, just about owning your voice in that way. Oh, and yeah. then the willingness and the the bravery yes, yeah, the to share thing. it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of people ask me about that actually, you know, and they're always like, Oh, you're so brave. And I, I have this, you know, we did an interview swap and, and you're on, um, my podcast day wild. And you mentioned growing up and being a bit overweight. I was overweight growing up as well. And I didn't let myself do a lot of things. Yeah. Um, I didn't let myself feel like I didn't let myself date people I wanted to date. I didn't let myself feel the way I wanted to feel. I didn't let myself have a lot of opportunities because I felt like other people would have been treated differently and had a better experience or a better shot or would have mm -hmm. utilized them better. Um, and for me, that bravery comes from, I'm going to drop the F bomb that go bravery. Or, am I allowed to do that on the show? Yeah, go for cool? it. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> so in, in, my life, you know, I spent so much time feeling like I was trapped, mm -hmm. um, in my body because of my body. And 
Um, when I was in Korea, I lost uh, a bit of weight, quite a lot of weight, maybe like, I don't know, 40 pounds. And all of a sudden I felt free, not just in my body, but, um, I was happier and people were treating me differently, probably because I was happier. Maybe some of it was, um, physical. I try not Mm -hmm. to think that, but, um, and I think it was, it was interesting because once you allow yourself to do something or once you give yourself permission, you're, you're out to the races, you know? And there was a lot of things in my life that I'd wish that I had taken the opportunity to do, or even let myself do that were right in front of me. You know, there were literally, I just had to like step my foot forward and it was just like in a cement galosh of my own making. And at that point, you know, I realized there's going to come a day where I don't have that opportunity and it's not going to be because of my own mental shortcomings. Mm -hmm. So there's this moment where you're just like, fuck it. And that is kind of the thing that drives me, right? Whether it's um, my music, which is really kind of, I believe why I'm on the planet, uh, this time, my music, my cartoons, my podcast, you know, there's this moment where you may not have the opportunity to do it later. Um, so if the only thing stopping you is you, you got to let that go or you're going to, mm-hmm. when does it end? You know, when does it end? <laughs> it makes so much sense. Yeah. And you know, I think there's one of those things where, um, it's one of those things where I, I don't want to feel like, later on, you know, when I'm like 80 and my voice has changed or, um, you know, I, I don't have the same opportunities. I don't want to feel like that's not an option. So I spent so much time holding myself back that I think once I let myself move forward, it was like a little bit of an explosion. I want to talk about what you said a little bit, you know, saying I'm so creative. We're all that creative. Um, I think that some of us let ourselves feel that or not. Mm -hmm. Some of us embrace it or not. Um, but we all have that within us and it, it is an inherently human thing. It's how we process things. Um, it's how we express ourselves. And, I think a lot of people get really hung up on technique and technique is like a set of rules that like one or a few people came up with at a certain period of time. And that's totally cool. And it's great to learn technique yeah, or multiple yeah. techniques that doesn't actually have to do with creativity. So yeah, I mean, I think for myself, I just, I was so miserable for so long. I mean, like I face planted in my life, you know, it was like, I moved back to Southern California and like I was working in a talent agency, which I realized was creative energy that I wasn't expressing. Um, that it was right during when all of the agencies merged when William Morris and, um, Endeavor, I think merged. Mm -hmm. So uh, there was like a lot of layoffs. And so I got laid off and then I had this other job and, you know, it was, it was just like a series of just being like knocked further down the ladder and, (laughs) you know, and then I moved abroad and I was like, okay, like I get to choose my life at this point. So what am I going to choose? And let's make it great. I love what you said too, about how, you know, sometimes I think really we are the biggest thing in our own way and you've got to let go of that and just really go for it because you never know if you're going to have this moment or this opportunity again. And, um, yeah, you're right. We are all creative and it's amazing to see really how everyone just has a very different outlet. And I love that you have so many that you've really honed in on. It's really about empowerment and it's about creative empowerment. And I shared on your podcast how, I never thought about it as creative empowerment. So I would love for you to talk about your creative empowerment journey, because I also think along with that is sort of 
an acceptance of who you are and a willingness to really love yourself and embrace yourself. And so I would love if you're open uh, to talk a little bit about that. Um, well, thanks for saying I have a lot of projects and I've honed in on them. I always want to ditch one. And then I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> which one should I not do? And then, you know, I think like the doodles, but so many people are like, Oh my gosh, that really resonated with me. And I needed to hear that. Like every day I get those messages. Um, and the podcast has been, so incredible in terms of telling other people's stories and digging into a lot mm-hmm. of things that people don't necessarily um, get to experience. Because on my podcast, I interview mostly people that are kind of living outside the box. And uh, and the music, you know, that's really kind of what makes my heart sing. So it, it's all different. And, it, and it's a balance. Um, but in terms of my own creative empowerment, it's constantly evolving and constantly changing. I mean, you know, with any new medium, there's that moment of, well, what's happening? Um, you know, how is this going and how do I feel when I do it? And I think that's probably the most important thing. Um, because as human beings in the Western world, mostly we're results-based, right? Yep. And attaching to that result is, it's a lot. You know, we attach a lot to that result. Um, what is this going to be? How is this going to be received? How am I going to be received as a result of this? Um, a lot of attachment. And, um, when you're in that pure creative state, that doesn't matter. And the process of creativity in general is really just being present with whatever comes out and accepting it and loving it. And so my personal creative empowerment has been, it's kind of been a combination of like work really hard at what you love and don't judge it. Mm-hmm. Don't judge yourself and be as nice to yourself as you possibly can. Yeah. I mean, I'm literally the girl that used to throw myself on the floor and cry for two hours. Cause I just, it was too much. And when you have a gift as well, you know, it's hard. It's it's hard to step into that. And it's hard to, um, I guess with singing, I don't want to say I'm better or worse than anyone else ever. But when you, I think there's something about my voice that um, resonates with people. And when you're given a gift like that, it can, it can become, it can feel like a burden if you don't know what to do with it and you don't know how to love yourself with it. And so that empowerment for me is really about, um, that routine, you know, of doing what feels good, tapping into what I need to do in terms of like what cartoon needs to come out today, what song needs to be sung, um, you know, stuff like that. And then in terms of the process of it, like being nice to yourself when you do it, like so nice to yourself, like treat yourself like you would treat your best friend if they came over and they were like, the world's ending and you're like, oh my gosh, let me turn on Netflix. Let me give you some fuzzy socks. Let Mm. me make you a cup of really good herbal tea. Like, you know, like sometimes you just need to baby yourself in self-care, you know, just like tapping into our authentic vulnerable selves. That's raw and it's intense and it's real and it's human. And I think why we're actually here. You know what this just reminded me of? You know, in the intro of your podcast, you say, keep on keeping on. And oh, yeah. It's for it, one of my songs. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's exactly what we all are doing. And by stepping more into that vulnerability and, and being okay with not being perfect, you know, you just got to keep on keeping on and just keep moving forward. And, and by sharing so much of yourself through your art and your music and your podcast, and I know, I think you work one-on-one with people too, right? And you host these, um, this retreat in Bali that's coming up. What has sharing or how has sharing so much of yourself made a difference in your life or what kind of impact has it had? Oh my gosh. Sid, this has been the thing. 
by the way, I call you Sid now and in my it. mind, we're, we're already Instagram it. besties. Um, let <laughs> me just tell you, like growing up, I my, I've had tons of nicknames, but my favorite has been Sid. So when you started calling me Sid, I was like, yes. I love it. So just keep going. Just keep doing it. So so this has kind of been like the thing for me, right? You know, a lot of art, it's interesting. So it's, it's, it's taken my own personal practice from a one-way street to a two-way, maybe four-lane, double-way highway. Mm -hmm. Like really, we are cooking with gas. And I think the thing is on, from one end, right? We are like, when I make my own art, I'm just putting it out there and it's amazing. And people respond and, and I'm, I'm really so grateful and appreciative and, um, feel really aligned with my purpose when I do that. But when you empower other people to step into that for themselves, it's next level, you know, and it enables me to help other people shine their light. And that is so important. You know, like you were saying, I think, I think maybe you were saying it on stay wild about seek the, seek the joy and how, you know, you've created this community and people are reaching out to you and, And it's amazing because sometimes we create the things that we want to be part of. And I've seen so many people allow themselves to express themselves, to allow themselves to go somewhere that they didn't think that they could go or they weren't allowed to go or or they were afraid to go. And it's been, I mean, it's incredible. And I think as human beings, right, a lot of my art is... Um, a lot of my art is about embracing the full spectrum of being human. You know, like we're not here to um, be perfect and not have and 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 not feel anger or fear um, or or not have bad days. And I think a lot of people don't allow themselves to do that. So it's been really interesting because, um, especially with the workshops and retreats, I get to work one on one with people and and talk to them about it and talk them through it and be with them and see this radical transformation. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people, either they haven't given themselves permission or the way they were brought up or cultural values or whatever, what the career they chose, whatever it was, um, they haven't allowed themselves to get weird. Seriously. Yeah. Like, you know, whether it's with journaling prompts, whether it's with painting, whether it's with meditation, whether it's with, I don't know. I just came from India. Um, I'm in the States right now. I just came from India where I was an artist in residence at a creative expression space called Lahe Lahe. They're great. And um, I ran 13 different creative empowerment workshops there and literally running the gamut. Like, you know, movement that is so cool. to, yeah. And it was, it was amazing. And what I think is so great is that people, when you give them permission, when you say, you know, you're in a safe container and anything that happens in this container is okay and human and supposed to happen. So let it magic happens. Yeah. You said something that's sticking with me, which was embracing the full spectrum of human emotion and just being human. Yeah. Coming to a space within yourself where you recognize you've got to do that. And it sounds like it really has shaped so much of the work that you're doing, especially with these retreats. What was the journey like getting there for yourself and it's, I mean, I would assume, right. That that has meant you had to do it with yourself first. Oh my gosh. Totally. Totally. Um, the retreats are incredible. I'm, I mean, it's really, they're just wow. Cause it's a week in Bali, you know, luxury villa, awesomeness, um, deep workshops, all the like fun. So that's incredible. Um, you know, diving into purpose and clarity with people and you're right. I had to do it on the front end to be able to do it on the back end. Mm-hmm. Um, and for myself, that has meant so many things. 
It has meant making my music, putting out albums of original songs, moving to different countries, you know, doing musical theater, going to countless trainings, workshops about female empowerment, self-care, leadership, purpose. And it's really interesting. You know, I think it's so rewarding once you kind of have a little bit of an overview and you're like, oh, all these things are things I can use. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's quite a bit. Um, and it's, it's been probably the major work of my life in my twenties. I'm now early thirties. Um, and I think the majority of my twenties was that seeking and discovering creative expression and just like the podcast, the joy. Oh, I love that because it really is such a journey. And I love that now from where you're sitting, you know, you can really reflect on that period of your life and say, wow, okay, that's really what that time was for. Because when we're in the thick of it, you know, oh my gosh. you don't the thick know of it why. It's like a hurricane and you're getting swirled around and you are literally like, <laughs> it's like, what am I, you know, and sometimes it's like, what am I doing with my life? And it's like, I don't know. And other times it's like, what am I doing with my life? And it's like, I don't know. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's embracing that. And, you know, there's, we're not very nice to ourselves. I think a lot of the time Mm -hmm. in general, us humans, us little humans, you know, we put a lot of expectations on ourselves and judgment and, um, it took a long time. You know, a lot of it was learning stuff, you know, learning techniques and meditations and trainings. And, um, I'm a Reiki master. I do, I do that as well. Um, but a lot of it was also unlearning, you know, unlearning that I'm not enough unlearning that I, anything that I create is not valid. And so that's also been, um, a beautiful, amazing process as well. With that um, unlearning, because you're so spot on. I mean, you can learn so much through these experiences, but it's also about what you shed and what you let go of. And and I'm sure you can relate to this. Growing up in California, in Los Angeles, in the United States, there's that inherent pressure all the time to think a certain way, look a certain way, um, take your career in a certain direction. Oh my God, all the pressure, Sid. Right? All of it. And all the pressure. <laughs> and it sounds like you know, through this process of unlearning these things that you were probably brought up with, I think some of this stuff gets ingrained in our DNA. Was going abroad and living abroad, did that really help you with that unlearning? Because you're exposed to different cultures and ways of being. And I think the values are different, obviously, um, in different parts of the world. And yeah, I guess basically what role has, you know, living abroad had in that sort of unlearning process? I'm so glad you brought this up. I was just actually thinking about this um, while you were. Well, yeah, I literally, I was just like, oh my gosh, I should talk about that. Because um, yeah, I think it's so important and it plays such a strong role. Yeah. Living abroad is different. And anytime you go anywhere else and you are confronted with yourself, it's so important. And you don't have to uproot your whole life and like, you know, move abroad. It helps. Um, but you also... It's not required. Um, but for me, I think living somewhere that was completely different really was uh, the thing that made it possible for me to confront myself in a lot of ways, like not letting myself be creative or expectations or things like that. Um, but also when you live somewhere where you know things are much more traditional, you're in a much older culture, people don't have to make it. People's people are who they are, right? Yeah. So, like in Bali, for instance, like you're born into your family. Your family is a certain cast, and and that's kind of you know, on some levels, it's very limiting. But on other levels, you're like, okay, well, this is who I am. Let's work with it. Um, you know, and if I want to create something on the side, I can 
have a creative practice that doesn't have to have whatever expectation it is. Um, and on some levels, like it's, it's, it's different. Like some of the restaurants, you know, in town, uh, back in the day used to have trouble having staff because the family and your place in it is more important than like a job. And so going somewhere where things are completely flipped, you know, you kind of get to see how some values are not universal and how sometimes the quote unquote making it or the out on your own, um, of the American dream Mm -hmm. isn't, isn't, isn't always the best or isn't always real, um, for everyone in every situation. And, um, it can be really isolating to feel that pressure of having to quote unquote, make it in whatever industry that you feel like you can make the most impact, not necessarily the industry where you feel like you are the most yourself. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And that reminds me too about something you mentioned a little bit earlier in our conversation about purpose and how you really feel that what you're doing is your is your purpose. And it reminds just me so much of what you were saying in terms of following what makes you happy as opposed to what's sort of expected of you in that way. Yeah, absolutely. And and honestly, like I don't make my income, the majority of my income off of my art. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, some of it, absolutely. Um, and you know, I have a t-shirt line and I play my music and, um, the podcast and everything, but you know, it's one of those things where in the West I would have to, you know, in, in the majority of the West, you have to justify that. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes things make people's lives better and that doesn't have a monetary value. Yeah. So much of how we define, and by we, I mean the West, so much of what we define as worth is that monetary, is that external. And I love what you're saying throughout this whole conversation about how it comes back to the internal and what's on the inside. And um, I, I love the journey that you've been on just with returning to that space within yourself. Oh, thanks, Sid. Yeah. I mean, I think it's one of those things where we, we feel that pressure, um, but you know, we don't have to take that in. That doesn't have to be ours. No, it doesn't. I'd love to talk to you about community and just the role of community in your life. It sounds Mm. like as you've traveled the world and you've expressed yourself in this really beautiful, creative way, you've brought on a community that really supports you and loves you and you love and support them back. And so I just love to hear about, you know, what role has community really played in your life? And even when you think of community, what comes to mind? Yeah, no, uh, community is everything. Gotta say, um, (laughs) it's one of those things where my life is not, is not the typical anymore. Um, not that there is a typical, but, um, yeah, I mean, community for me is everything. And I, I'm, I'm really blessed and grateful and honored that I have people in my life who show up for me that I in turn show up for. Um, and when you live in, in a way, this is going to sound a little bit out there maybe, but when you live in a way where, um, things are not standardized in the way that they are in the majority of the United States, mm-hmm. your community is a much larger part of your life. And, um, you step up for people in ways that most people don't consider. Yeah. And so I mm. think, um, you know, living abroad, like coming to Bali is incredible and amazing, but actually living somewhere where the rules are different and things are, have their own set of values and rules, you know, things are more magical and also more frightening than most people believe or could, or have experienced. So, um, because of that, you're, 
bonds with other people are stronger and are forged through experiences where things get weird, you know? Um, yeah. I think you, you start know, to rely on people in a different way, in a different way. Oh my God, totally. And you know, what's interesting is that like, I didn't realize this until a couple of weeks ago, but I don't even, I don't usually stay in hotels. Everywhere I travel, I stay with people, um, whether it's family, whether it's friends, whether it's friends of friends, because that's how like people, we take care of each other. It's very, it's interesting. You know, sometimes I stay in, in hotels or Airbnbs or whatever, but, um, yeah, it's a much more kind of communal thing. And in the West, there's kind of this like wall that everyone has around them. Um, and I kind of think of it as like a wall of unhappiness, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, some people really want their space and they're really introverted. And, um, I also value my alone time and it is so vital to my creativity and my sanity and all of that. But, um, there's a human element there that, that we kind of sometimes miss. That's not to say that I'm always like, you know, like I never have any personal space. Like I have, I have a house in Bali and it's great and it's beautiful, but I think that there's, there's a level of like tribe community that doesn't quite, doesn't quite translate to the United States where everyone has their own, a lot of, well, a lot of people have their own space in that way and are very um, reliant on that for their own peace of mind. Yeah. I wanted to ask you this earlier, but through everything that you've been through and you were going to go to law school, you wanted to be a lawyer and then your life just took this different path and through going through all of this and, you know, making that big transition and now where you are today and you are in Oregon right now, but pretty soon you'll head back to Bali. What do you feel like you've learned the most about yourself going through these different changes and building these connections? And I think really from what I can tell, it's been a journey of really connecting to who you really are. Um, I think it's one of those things where, um, I think I felt the pressure that if I went to law school, I wasn't going to have time to do all the other things that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't know for me, I think in, I think I've learned that I can do anything and everything. Um, and that sometimes projects don't have to, have expectations like that attached to it. Um, but obviously it's important to focus our time and all that, but that, that we can live the life that we want and it can be amazing and it doesn't have to look like anything we've ever seen before. Um, that's the thing, right? Like I grew up in, in like suburban Pasadena. So, (laughs) so for me, you know, like my life is not anything that I've seen. Um, and I have, I've made amazing friends along the way that kind of have, have similar journeys. And it's, it's interesting how we all kind of, um, see each other and and learn from that. Um, but, and I'm not like too out there, you know what I mean? Like I, I'm a pretty normal human being in that way. What is normal anyway? I mean, right. (laughs) Right. Um, but I, I think it's one of those things where I've learned that, um, we're all capable of love, of joy, of kindness to ourselves, to others, of taking deep breaths, of, feeling like anything is possible. Um, and yet we're all human and we're all on this journey to be our most human, vulnerable, authentic selves. So sometimes that means like I woke up and I'm having a really bad hair day and I showed up anyways, or it means, you know, I'm taking a mental health day or it means whatever it means. And I've learned to embrace those imperfections and to work with them instead of against them and to work with myself, um, instead of against myself, I guess, or, yeah, I guess, you know, like when, when like you, your ego wants to do something, but then like, it's actually not the best thing for you. And then you're kind of like fighting with yourself. I've learned to kind of mm-hmm. like not have that fight. <laughs> like, yes. You know. yes. 
yeah, and learning not to have that fight, I think, is a difficult thing for so oh, many to hardest. come to terms with. There is with. a toddler inside all of us mm-hmm. that's like, I want to do all the things that I want to do and I'm your ego. And it's like, oh my God, no. Who <laughs> let it have candy? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I've never heard it described that way, but that is perfect. That is so perfect. Yeah. It's really well, like who let this the voice inside your head have that strength and have that yeah, power. And you don't have to always believe what you think or you were taught or what's completely around you. Um, you don't have to take that on. So it's interesting. And I think it's been a journey for myself of first empowering myself Mm -hmm. of expressing and being vulnerable and getting stripping down to those layers of like the little human Norma Jean and then building that up and empowering other people, other women to step into their purpose and to feel that joy and get clarity on, on what they want as well. Mm. Yes. And speaking of that love and that joy and having clarity, um, because you are on Seek the Joy podcast. So what are things in your life that really bring you joy right now? Whew, well, Sid, I'm in Oregon. So blueberries. <laughs> I love it. Like so many, like blueberries are like twenty dollars for like a real small packet. Like if you like it's not it's not a thing. So in Bali, you mean? Yeah, in yeah. Bali it's it's rough. And the avocado situation. It's not happening. No, no. So, you know, right now it's, it's produce, (laughs) but in my life in general, um, it is my own creative process, putting things out there. The thing about creativity that kind of people that's like really like in your face, but people don't acknowledge it is that when you make something, whether it's art, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a meal, whether it's whatever it is, you know, you're, you're writing something, you're bringing something into the world that wasn't here until you brought it you know? Yeah. So literally like you're taking something that like wasn't in the universe, like wasn't in the world, wasn't physically here. And you like hashtag brought it. Um, so that always, you know, that's always exciting, whether it's a daily cartoon, whether it's a new song, whether it's sharing, um, my story, other people's stories, my music, anything like that. That's always exciting. Empowering others, my family right now, cause I'm in the States. Um, the question was what, what is, What's empowering me right now? What am I excited about? What brings you joy? Yeah. Oh, what brings me joy? Oh my gosh. Well, fuzzy socks, number one, long walks, reading love poems out loud, um, Netflix, yoga. I like a lot of slow yoga. I like a lot of yin, yin yoga, restorative, a lot of yin, getting into that fascia. Yeah. Um, I always want to say fascia with like a, with like a, like a Austin Powers kind of. Yeah. Accent, you know, like he says, father, Asha, Asha. Yeah. Yeah. Oh <laughs> um, in Bali, it's going for long walks in the rice fields on the Champuan Ridge community friends. Um, I think for me, my, my friends, um, and mostly the women in my life have become, um, the, I mean, like my community have become the, the circle of people, you know, and I'm, I'm so lucky that I have people who are, um, creative and empowered and, um, shining that light, um, that I in turn, you know, shine back to them that we shine to the world. Um, so that is also very important. Chocolate, chocolate brings me joy. Yes. What else? Brings, what else brings me joy? I'm trying to think, Sid, hold on. And there's other stuff. Um, that feeling of accomplishment. Yeah. Um, what else, what else brings me joy? Live music, jazz, jazz. 
Always jazz. Yes. And and I think you just sang some jazz that was recorded and posted online from oh what I remember gosh. my stocking. Yes. So. We went to this tiny little quick side note of the Norma Jean life. Um, we yes. went to this tiny little um, bar in Ashland, Oregon, and it was really cold. I had this like hot chocolate, and we were like sitting there. And my, my this is how this is how, like when we were talking about my friends in my life. One of my very best friends who I've known, who I met in South Korea, she was in Seattle visiting her sister, and she was able to come down to Ashland, Oregon for two days to visit her other sister. And I was able to be in Ashland visiting my uncle Dan. So we rendezvoused, we like life hacked our travel. So we were in the same place for two days. So she was here with her sister. I'm here with my uncle Dan, shout out uncle Dan. What's up? He loves Mm -hmm. the podcast. And, um, we're at this tiny little bar called the wild goose (laughs) and we go in and, um, you know, there's this amazing jazz band, like so good. They're so good. I mean, I love jazz. I seek out good jazz. It's my jam. It's like six guys, you know, they're all, they're, they're all, they've, they've been living the jazz life. They know mm-hmm. what's up. Yeah. There's like a saxophone player, which is really exciting for me because we don't get a lot of brass in Bali. And they're playing all this like, you know, kind of really fun 1920s, 1930s swing jazz. And I'm thinking, oh, maybe they'll let me get up and sing a song. So the, they, this other woman who I think you know, lives in Ashland. They all know where she got up and sang a song. Then they took a break and I was like, Hey, you know, I sing jazz sometimes. And you know, if you, I'd love to come up and sing with you guys. And they're like, Oh yeah, maybe like a song. And I was like, okay, cool. So, you know, then they, they start up after the break and they play a couple songs and then you know, the, the piano player says to the, to the saxophone, cause it's a real small, small bar. You know, it's like, there's not a stage. They're just sitting there playing and there's maybe like 20 people in this room. And he says, the piano player says to the saxophone player, he's like, oh, maybe we try that singer. And then he says, oh, no, let's do a couple more. So they do a couple more. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, oh, yeah, maybe we'll try the singer now. So I get up and we do a song and they were like, oh, oh, wait, no, you're a j- you sing jazz. I was like, yeah, no, I, I said that, I think. And they're like, great, do another one. And then Uncle Dan, uh, quick on the phone, happened to record it. So I think it's a recording of My Funny Valentine and with some really, yes. really great jazz musicians in Ashland. Um but yeah, it's interesting, you know, I think because I, I move around quite a bit and because I do so many different things, um, sometimes you meet people and you're able to connect and it's, you know, you, you never know. And I think it's, it's one of those things where I get to, um, be that person that comes in and, um, gets to experience other people's magic a lot. And, um, I'm very lucky in that way. And yeah, the video, I never have good video of myself singing. So that was, that was mm. exciting. Oh, it was so beautiful, by the way. And I love what you've just said about how you get to experience other people's magic. And I am convinced that that's because you allow others to experience yours. And um, this is totally different from what we were just talking about. But I want to make sure we talk about Stay Wild. And I also want to talk a little bit about the retreat that you're hosting in Bali. So what inspired Stay Wild and and when did you start it? And just give me the whole the whole background on it. Okay, so stay wild. Oh man, I got a tattoo on my finger in 2015 that says "Stay Wild" with a very good friend of mine who I call Shotzi in San Francisco. And somewhere in there, I became podcast obsessed. I think I I got an iPhone six. The other one, like you couldn't really see the podcast app, so I was like, oh, what's this? And then I went podcast crazy, as you know, new podcast listeners do. Right. Like nuts. I love, um, that art of storytelling and of, um, teasing people's stories out and letting them have that space. 
And I think there's not a lot of other mediums that do that these days. And, um, I met a guy in Bali who has a podcast, which is great. And he hosted a workshop. Um, his name's Nick Wood and I, uh, his podcast is life athletics, which is a really fun one. And he had a workshop about how to make a podcast. And I was like, yep, that's for me. Um, and so I ended up doing that and, um, yeah, I launched in August, which was really exciting. And it's interesting, you know, we've had a lot of different people on the show. The point of the show is, you know, it's for all the little humans out there, but I think it's a, it's mostly, I talk to people who are kind of living outside the box and, um, keeping their quirks in the wondrous world. That's kind of how I explain it. Um, because when you're living the nine to five, um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of like regularity and there's not a lot of people that you may meet or not meet that are doing things that are a little bit out there, um, or that you might not have exposure to. So yoga teachers, entrepreneurs, sound healers, um, Bandana, the editor at large of Vogue India came on talking about fast fashion. We've had other fashion designers. We've had life coaches. We've had psychics. We've had shamans. We've had artists. Um, the last series I did was really great with them um, with a bunch of artists. We've had, um, food entrepreneurs, Literally, I mean, people talking about everything that runs the gamut. And, you know, because I ask these questions, right? And I want to know when I meet people that have interesting jobs, you know, I want to ask those questions. And I, I'm sure other people want the answers too, right? Like, yeah. hey, how'd you get into that? Or like, hey, what's that about? Or like, let's talk about astrology or what's Tantra? What's that? You mm -hmm. know, and how do we, what are the expectations around it? And, and what's the ancient tradition around it? And, um, with artists, it's what's your creative process? How'd you get into it? How'd you allow yourself to create? What do you do to get into alignment? Do you show up versus do you wait for that divine inspiration? You know, and hearing people's human journeys, because a lot of the time to get to where we want to go, there's some face planting on the way. And a lot of other people don't feel like they can allow themselves to fail in order to succeed. Um, and sometimes that's what it takes. Mm -hmm. Oh, always. Yeah. I've at least known with my own life, you know, when you're in the middle of that and you've literally face planted and probably oh, five so times so in a rough. row, you know, you got to remember that so much good stuff comes from those difficult moments in your life. And often it's what comes out of that, that's the most beautiful and the most magical because you, you really had to get in touch with who you are and what you value and what excites you. It takes getting to that space. And I love that you highlight so many different people from all walks of life and backgrounds on your podcast. And, um, I do something very similar. And so we just, you and I are so much alike and I love it. Yeah. I, I love the inspiration behind the name of stay wild. It reminds me of the inspiration behind the name of seek the joy with the bracelet. And it's amazing how, you know, the little things along the way that you think are sort of insignificant and have no meaning, you know, mm -hmm. eventually, uh, play a, a big role in what you do next and, might just inspire the name of something, you know, you don't even know when you're doing yeah, it's it. It's interesting. And people don't think I have a tattoo on my finger. Sometimes like, you know, a year after they've known me, they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, well, it's kind of hidden, but, um, it's interesting. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things where sometimes that phrase or word, um, you know, it just sticks with us and we don't know where or how it's going to be used in the future, but mm -hmm. it's ours and it has a little bit of our magic in yeah. it. For someone who is listening to this podcast episode and um, maybe they want to follow their passion and live in their truth, you know, the same way that you have, what would be your biggest piece of advice? Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, a couple of things. Number one, be as nice to yourself as you possibly can. 
Number two, do not judge anything that comes out. Um, figure out what your process is and sorry, I guess. So number two, stop judging. Let that go. Let it just let it right now. Just it's gone. Number three, figure out what your process is. Work with it. Work with your process, whether you work better in the morning or the evening or with fuzzy socks on or with bare feet or standing up or sitting down or with caffeine or with whatever your process is, get into it, feel it, explore it, like get up in it. Hmm. That's huge. Seek community. I think that's a big one. Find the people who you already know who are like supportive of you no matter what. That's super important. But then also find the people who are like digging what you're doing and like maybe all about whatever it is that the medium that you are about, right? So with me and cartooning, like there's so many fellow doodlers on the gram, Instagram, the gram that Mm -hmm. I connect with and that empower me that I in turn, um, inspire and empower, um, yeah. And I think community is such a big part of it. Um, but number one, like be so nice to yourself that you have no other choice, but to feel loved and supported. Mm, it starts with you. Yeah. All of it just really starts with you and, and making that choice to start from the space of kindness and then let it all unravel and unfold. Yeah. I mean, if we treated other people the way we treat ourselves sometimes, we'd have no friends. <laughs> Who would want to be around you? I mean, sometimes literally the way we talk be like, to ourselves. Oh no. Yep. Oh no, not her. Mm-mm. Yeah. It's that role of that self-talk and how you talk to yourself. And okay, I'm going to ask you um, the question that I ask everybody who comes on Seek the Joy podcast. What is your biggest dream, Norma Jean? And that just rhymed unintentionally. I love it. No, it's good. I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of rhyming. My biggest dream. Oh my goodness. Um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of living it. Um, Mm-hmm. I, I mean, like maybe getting to play my music a little bit more, maybe like the ease. I think for me, it's I'm already doing it, so you know I'm I'm already making my music and all that. But I think whew, I have a lot of dreams, Sydney. I do a lot of different things. My biggest one is probably just to stay in that place of love and acceptance, mm-hmm. um, which I which I do. You know, I, we're all human; we all have our moments. But um, you know, I could say like I want to I want to play my music more, and I I want to find someone who will book me for festivals because that's great. Doing it yourself is rough. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's one of those things where it'll happen when it happens. Yeah. I think um, that question I think is a can be tricky because I know I think I when failed that just now. No, <laughs> you didn't. There's listen, there is never a right or wrong answer. It's only about what is your truth, right? And so when you're living your dream, which you are, I mean, you're traveling the world, you live in beautiful Bali, you're following your passions, it's all unfolding, you know, and it all takes time to, you know, to really get to that space. But it it's a it's a loaded question, I think, to say the yeah. least. Before we we close before we end um, this wonderful conversation, which by the way, I'm convinced we could talk for another three hours. Oh my Um, God. We got to do this again. Yeah, we will. We will. But like just in life in general, because I've dubbed you my new friend, whether you like it or not, but Insta friends, (laughs) we are instant and Insta is, uh, I love it. Um, where can everyone find you and more information on the retreat that you're hosting and maybe share a little bit about, you know, what people can expect from this retreat and, and all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we mentioned it a little bit earlier. Um, I'm I'm hosting a retreat with my friend who pretty much is human sunshine. Her name's Nicole Malazzo. And we're hosting a retreat in Bali called Camp Clarity. It's for women. It's 
incredible. You know, it's the culmination of a lot of the joy and purpose and acceptance um, and clarity that we talked about today. It's seven days in Bali, April 29th to May 5th, you know, luxury accommodation, three meals a day, daily yoga and meditation, all the usual um, awesome stuff. But then deep work for women um, on creating value and self-worth, self-care workshops, um, and then all the fun of Bali. So that'll be really fun. Um, And we're just so excited about it. And it's really a a beautiful um, culmination of a lot of that fun, purpose, self-love. And you can find out more about that. I think we're giving away a free bundle. We're giving away a free self-love e-bundle. So you can go to joincampclarity.com. And then for the special e-bundle, it's joincampclarity.com backslash self-love. Um, and then for my art on the gram, I am at Norma Jean loves doodles, which is pretty cool. Oh, you can also find camp clarity on Facebook. Yeah. So camp clarity, Facebook. So Instagram, Norma Jean loves doodles. That's where I post my daily inspirational illustration cartoon every day. Cheeky chickens. Check it out. What else? Oh, and my music is on Bandcamp, and all the links and everything are on my website. It's NJ loves NJ com. Oh, and then the podcast is Stay Wild. So that's Stay Wild podcast that's on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Perfect. And I'm going to include um, all of the links to everything in the show notes. So it'll be so easy uh, for people to find you and your doodles and Stay Wild and more information on Camp Clarity. So thank you so much for being oh, on. Thanks for having me, sis. Yeah, thanks Seek for being on. Joy. I love mm. it. I love it. This has been an amazing conversation. Thank you for sharing so much of you and your creative process and your journey from, um, I think really, honestly, living in some ways the life that would have been expected of you to now living the life that you love and that is your dream and really embodies who you are in your spirit. And um, so thank you. Thank you for sharing with us. Yeah. Thanks for having me. 